When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I'm your host, Isabel Hauser, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away, and will bring you back safely. Last weekend, my sweetheart and I took down our Christmas tree And I have to say, my heart broke a little bit. I live and breathe for the magic of the holidays, something I'm nostalgic for before it's even over. And what a magical tree we had. A real deep green pine tree with real golden candles. And the warm light was dancing on the golden red baubles we had decorated the tree with for many a magical holiday evening. What I loved the most about our tree, though, were the special ornaments my sweetheart and I had collected during the weeks leading up to the holidays. A small golden bell I found at the airport in Denmark, an owl wearing a pointy hat and golden spectacles while holding a wand and a book in her wings. We had found her on an icy Sunday afternoon after drinking a cup of steaming mulled wine at Christmas market. A rainbow, a mermaid presenting a shimmering pearl, a pink-maned unicorn leaping over a rainbow, a sparkle guitar and a golden harp, just to name a special few. They had brought infinite joy and magic to our December days, and yesterday that magic came to an end at long last. Bauble by shimmering bauble, we took the ornaments down, carefully wrapped each of them in tissue paper and placed them in boxes. There were many of them, and there weren't quite enough boxes, so my sweetheart disappeared to get some more from the basement. Meanwhile, I went to the kitchen to brew myself a melancholy cup of tea. And it was just after I had poured the hot water into my mug that I heard something strange. The classic fairy tales. Don't we all know and love them? This episode is all about Little Red Riding Hood, a tale we know well. Or do we? Well, we'll see. The first teller for this episode is Heather Forrest. I absolutely love how her way of storytelling is described. They call it the minstrel style, which stands for a unique blend of original music, folk guitar, poetry, prose, as well as the sung and spoken word. Heather has written several books and recorded eight albums of storytelling, and she has been telling stories for over 30 years. During these decades, she has brought the magic of live storytelling to theaters, festivals and conferences throughout the U.S. and abroad. And today, she shares with us the story of the Little Red Hen.
house with a lazy dog, a cat and a mouse. One day while she was pecking for seeds on the ground, a little pile of golden wheat she found, and she said to her friends, "Dog, cat, mouse, if you'd like some cake to eat, who will help me plant?" Sweet and the dog said, "Not I." And the cat said, "Not I." And the mouse said, "Not I." My my," said the hen with a sigh. "I'll have to do it myself." So the little red hen planted the seeds. She watered them well and she pulled the weeds. She tended those plants all alone. And when that wheat was fully grown, she said to her friends, "Dog, cat, mouse, if you'd like some cake to eat, who will help me cut this wheat?" And the dog said. Not I, and the cat said, "Not I," and the mouse said, "Not I." My, my," said the hen with a sigh. "I'll have to do it myself." So the little red hen cut and cut until she had enough wheat to grind at the mill, and then she said to her friends, "Dog, cat, and mouse." If you'd like some cake to eat, who will help me grind this wheat? And the dog said, "Not I." And the cat said, "Not I." And the mouse said, "Not I." My my," said the hen with a sigh. "I'll have to do it myself." So the little red hen ground the wheat to flour, and then it was the baking hour. The little red hen she baked so well, the house was filled with a sweet cake smell. The lazy dog, the lazy cat, the lazy mouse, they followed that smell into the house. And when they saw the cake on the table, they licked their lips. Well, well," said the little red hen. All alone, I planted and I tended and I cut and I ground the little pile of golden wheat I found. All alone, I used the flour to bake. Who will help me eat? This cake, and the dog said, "I'll help." And the cat said, "I'll help." And the mouse said, "I'll help." Well, well," said the hen, "I will share my cake with those of you who help when there is work to do. For after all is said and done, sharing the work makes working fun. After that, any time the little hen would bake, well, everybody helped to make the cake, and everybody helped to eat it. The fairy tale sponsor for this episode is Snow Queen's Family Holiday Castle. 
Join us for a magical, fun-filled holiday at Snow Queen's family holiday castle. Located in the original castle way up north, we have created an enchanting world for people of all ages to enjoy. From the reindeer pet zoo to the edible icicle building blocks in the extensive playroom for the little ones, to the spectacular spa landscape for adults only, everyone is guaranteed to have an unforgettable time. If you wish to take a break from your strenuous daily life, you could not have found a better place. Bubble your worries away in our spectacular spa, for example at our glittering ice bath, or rejuvenate with one of our unique snowstorm massages after feeling the thrill of life on our ever-so-powdery ski slopes. Our friendly trolls are happy to provide childcare around the clock. All the family is welcome in our gingerbread cafe, where you can savor delicacies from our small but precious menu, such as our signature rose petal punch and the world-famous artisan Snow Queen's ice cream. Check our website for availability or specials, such as our dreamy dinner under the northern lights or snow pottery workshops for creatives of all ages. Snow Queen's Family Holiday Castle. Delight in winter magic all year round. This episode is also brought to you by our new patrons, Raleen with Anna, Julia and Bella. Not only are they gracious patrons of the arts, they are also much appreciated supporters of the podcast and as such, all have a magical ability. Raylene has a powerful gift. She can stop time and turn moments into whole afternoons, so beautiful experiences can be savored a long, long time. Anna can hear the stories that the wind carries on its wings from countries far, far away, and she has a real gift of telling them too. Julia has an uncanny way of spotting places where fey creatures such as elves or gnomes like to gather, and sometimes even receives magical gifts from them, such as enchanted acorns or specially fragranced flowers. And last but not least... Bella always knows where squirrels have squirreled away their nuts, and so she has been the saving grace of many a confused and sleepy creature this winter. Would you like to know what your magical ability is? You can, for as little as the cost of one cup of coffee per month. By becoming a patron, you can help us continue sharing the magic of storytelling with the world. If you sign up now, you'll get a postcard featuring one of the delightful fairy tale sponsor images and a lovely message from Rachel Ann before spring is in full swing. Become a member of the patron team by going to patreon.com forward slash story story podcast or storystorypodcast.com. A snowy thank you to all the patrons who make this podcast possible. You are the magic of snowdrops peeking out of the frozen ground. I am sad. I heard a gentle voice sighing from the living room. Who was that? I wondered and froze when I saw that the majestic crimson bird with its long feather tail, still perching on the branch I had clipped it on all those weeks ago, had lowered its graceful head. Yes, so it goes, hooted the owl softly from a few branches above. 
the season is over. Below in one of the boxes I heard the rustling of tissue paper and wasn't even surprised that the unicorn stuck its head out. And I never got around to plucking those harp strings, it whinnied, sounding surprisingly whiny. There will always be next year, came another musical sound. Could that be the harp herself? Yes, there certainly will be. That voice belonged to the mermaid, who wiggled her way out of the tissue paper to peer over the edge of the box. I'll miss our chats dearly, she said to the swan, which I had wrapped tightly and placed in the box next to her. Hush now, hooted the owl once more. They will be back soon, and we don't want to give away our secrets, do we? That we love the magic of the holidays just as much as they do. And there has been enough enchantment over the last few weeks to last our long season of dreaming, until we hear the chime of the golden bell, and then we will wake and work our magic anew. With that, they all fell silent. I waited a heartbeat or two, and when the quiet remained, I returned to the tree, just as my sweetheart returned, balancing a pile of boxes in his arms. He did raise an eyebrow when he saw me lifting the wrapped swan out of its box and placing it next to the mermaid, but he didn't ask any questions, for he knows just how sentimental I am with our ornaments and the holidays. Perhaps one day I will tell him that the ornaments reflected my very own sentiments, but for now... I am content knowing that while we fall back into the hustle and bustle of the crisp new year, they are safe and warm in their boxes, dreaming the sweetest of dreams, until their season to shine and spread enchantment dawns anew. The second teller for this episode is Harvey Heilbrunn from the state of New York. Spurred on by his performance in a production of the musical play Hans Christian Andersen in 1981, Harvey became a professional singer and storyteller as an addition to his teaching career. He has performed in numerous schools, libraries and festivals throughout Long Island. Harvey retired from teaching in 2006 after 33 years to devote more time to his storytelling passion. In addition to performing, he also conducts workshops on storytelling in the classroom and digital storytelling for teachers. And now, please enjoy his telling of Little Red. They all called her Red, you could tell by her hood. She was kind, obedient, and generally good. It was on that day when the weather was chill, she'd visit her grandma, who was feeling quite ill. She filled up a basket filled with pastries and drink. Before she could go, her mom told her to think. Red, I know you are smart, and though you know the way, there are dangers out there, so you best not delay. Keep your head in the game while you carry your load, and no matter what, don't veer off the road. Don't you talk to no strangers. They might get you in trouble. If you're scared or unsure, just come home on the double. Though Red heard what she said. She had heard it before. She was thinking of flowers as she went out the door. Flowers that grow off the road would be great. She could give them to Granny and be just a bit late. 
Her mom watched her start on the path Red should know, and Red kept on walking. She knew just where to go. For well off the path, she would find what she'd need, those colorful flowers she could pick with much speed. But she wasn't quite careful, and a problem arose. She forgot her way back, so she stopped there and froze. And who came along just to give her advice? Just a well-dressed great wolf, and he acted quite nice. The wolf's mind was clear. Here's a meal to be had. And maybe there's more. I'll pretend to be sad. You seem to be lost. And just where are you going? With that basket of goodies I'm sure you are towing. Forgetting the warnings that her mother did tell, she replied to my granny's, who's not feeling well. The wolf seemed quite pleased as he managed to say, I will show you the path to continue your way. But the wolf had a plan and he led her astray. The path that he showed her was a much longer way, for this gave him time to arrive before Red and get rid of old Granny and become her instead. He followed the rules to get through the door and gobbled up Granny till she was no more. Now he swallowed her whole without even chewing and waited for Red, which would be his undoing. The wolf dressed as Granny, lying covered in bed, heard the knock at the door, and then Little Red said, May I come in? I have goodies for you. Oh, yes, said the wolf. I have something here, too. Red came in quite slowly, for her Granny looked strange. Big eyes and big ears and big teeth. What a change. So she questioned her Granny and was slow to surmise that this wasn't her Granny but the wolf in disguise. The wolf was too quick as he accomplished his goal by jumping on Red and consuming her whole. Having eaten them both, he went back to bed. And this story is over, or so it was said. But that is a sad way to end, way too gory. Let us back up and add a bit more to this story. Red's mom, who was worried and knew all the dangers, thought Red would fall prey and listen to strangers. Instead of going with Red and giving assistance, she followed behind at a reasonable distance. She did not see the wolf or when Red left the trail, but knew something was up, and her face turned quite pale. She made it to Granny's after Red had been eaten, but saw the wolf sleeping. She would not be beaten. She took out her scissors from her sewing kit and cut the wolf open till his stomach was split. And who should jump out from inside where they've been but Granny and Red, both alive in their skin? They all gathered stones, put them in the wolf's gut. Then Mom sewed his stomach till it was quite shut. They left the wolf there and went out for a spell. When the wolf did wake up, he was not feeling well. His stomach felt bloated and certainly sore. From then on, he would not eat meat anymore. And thus ends our story. I tell you no lie. It didn't end happily, but no one did die. But stories have morals, which I'm sure you have guessed. When you're given instructions, trust that mothers know best. 
Thank you for listening to the Story Story podcast. Show the love. Find Heather Forrest at heatherforrest.com and Harvey Heilbrunn at hdhstory.net. Tell them you heard them on the podcast and now want to hear them tell more stories. It is a new year. However, we are still in strange times for performing artists. Luckily, the opportunities to connect with the magic of live storytelling are still abundant. Go find your favorite tellers from the podcast and discover what they can bring to your home. Did you know that you can connect with the podcast and see the fairy tale sponsor ads on Facebook or Instagram at Story Story Podcast? You can also connect with me at isabelhauser.com. While you're there, let us know the favorite story you have heard or the favorite stories from your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you will hear them here soon. The brains behind the fairy tale sponsor was, well, me and a fairy tale sponsor I did a while ago on Snow Queen's ice cream. The inspiration for the true fairy tale was indeed the Christmas tree I decorated with the very special ornaments with my sweetheart. And the music, as always, is by Poddington Bear. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. Consider becoming a patron or joining the mailing list to get podcast goodies or writing a review on Apple Podcasts, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the show. You will hear more stories next week. But until then, live happily ever after. Mary-Kate opened up the door and there on the doorstep wrapped in his own blanket was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal.